salt, it seems, is in the news again. They're pushing the idea that too much salt is bad for you. What if the exact opposite were so? What if too little salt was bad for you? Bad for you in the makes you feel sick and unhealthy way. Would you want to know, or do you trust the science enough to steer you right? Can they guess right for all 350 million of us? The gamble is with your health, so who has the higher stake to be right? The Culinary Libertarian Podcast, episode 139. Welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy is free, but the food is on you. Hello folks, Dan Reed here, the Culinary Libertarian. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. You know, summer isn't far away and that means picnics of fried chicken or chicken fingers. Chicken fingers need, yes, need, Miss Alley's honey mustard sauce. Oh no, this is not like that run-of-the-mill junk you get from the same gallon jugs at restaurants. No siree. This is the best you'll ever have, and it's included in my cookbook, Cooking for Comfort. Find the links to purchase that at culinarylibertarian.com slash cookingforcomfort, or look for the book under my name on Amazon. Salt. To be clear, sodium chloride is nearly impossible to avoid in our daily diet. And in one aspect, that's good. Sodium is critical to the electrical functions of our bodies. Without any sodium, we would cease to be. If any consensus exists about salt, that might be it. It is vital to life. It is vital to the biological functions of our bodies. How much after that is the source of lots of research and debate and papers and conferences and books. There's a lot of money to be earned having an opinion about salt, so who is right? Is there a real limit on how much salt is good for you? Sodium chloride, NaCl, is the salt we call table salt. There are scores of salt, nearly all not edible or necessary, and not the subject of this podcast. For us, salt is the remains of dead seas. Think the Himalayan pink sea salts, or the Redmond sea salt in Utah, or in the case of Bitterman Salt Company in Portland, Oregon, they obtain their salt right from the ocean. Even under downtown Detroit are salt mines. Those salts contain the necessary sodium and chloride, but also many micronutrients our bodies need. And those micronutrients are not found in the commercially available white, free-flowing crystals in blue or red boxes. 
Even the bulk department at your grocery store is selling a sanitized version of salt that has been heat processed, sometimes bleached, treated with calcium silicate to prevent clumping, and boxed or bagged or binned. As to those trace micronutrients, I've read on a few articles in favor of reduced salt intake, which dismiss those micronutrients as trivial. That's an irresponsible position to take since iodine, one of those micronutrients naturally found in most sea salts, has a vital function with the thyroid, and women tend to have thyroid issues and autoimmune issues, and that also is necessary to prevent a few conditions, which is why they put it in salt in the first place. Too little sodium leads to a variety of health issues, including altering our metabolism and preventing access to stored fat as energy, basically keeping fat in the fat cells. Too little salt creates an inefficiently functioning human body, and that is not wellness. Too little salt is a problem. So, what about too much salt? That seems to be the majority of the focus in the news and articles about salt. Cut back on salt has been part of the American medical community position for years. My whole life, at least. Don't eat too much salt. Dr. James Antonio, author of the book The Salt Fix, writes in Chapter 1, quote, The stringent low-salt guidelines were based on a guess. We essentially gambled that the small benefits to blood pressure that we see in some patients would extend to large benefits for the whole population, end quote. If this is the first time you are hearing the suggestion that the government got something wrong, well, then this might be a surprise for you. If you've been following my food and government episodes, this is not news. But let's look at that last part of Dr. James' passage about health benefits extending to the population. That didn't really happen. What did happen was the attention to a possible small drop in blood pressure caused an oversight in the other areas of, quote, increased heart rate, compromised kidney function, and adrenal insufficiency hypothyroidism, higher triglyceride, cholesterol and insulin levels, and ultimately insulin resistance, obesity, and type 2 diabetes, end quote. That's starting to sound familiar. How could it be that agencies supposedly looking out for the wellness of Americans overlook the wellness of Americans for the myopic result of one specific issue. As Dr. James writes later in the chapter, quote, heart rate is proven to increase on a low-salt diet, end quote. Emphasis mine. While eating out isn't too easy everywhere these days, eating processed foods, packets of frozen dinners, 
or snacks or bags of chips and crackers offers far and away enough salt to keep the body functions functioning. Salt is a lot like Vincent's pork chops. It tastes good. Salt tastes good. That is, well, yeah, but it enhances the flavor of foods by suppressing the bitter notes and highlighting the sweet notes. That's one reason pastry chefs add a pinch of salt to their desserts. It makes them taste better. With pastry chefs and bakers using salt, salt is an important ingredient in breads and baked goods, and the rest of our foods being salted, we must reach our limits, if there are limits, right? Let's start with the amount of salt already in your body. Even if you somehow manage to eat breakfast today and consume zero grams of salt, the average, whatever that is, person has about six to eight ounces of salt in your body. Dr. James writes that the kidneys filter, quote, between 3.2 and 3.6 pounds of salt per day, end quote. That's a lot of salt. Those suggestions that we restrict our intake to 6 grams of salt seems almost silly. I think it's going to get fuzzy, so I want to make sure you follow me. We have salt, sodium, in our cells and in our blood and in our bodies. When we go to the bathroom or sweat, we excrete some of that salt. We replace or exceed that salt limit with more eating and drinking. People who are sick and have bodily fluids coming out that don't normally come out can also experience rapid salt depletion. Mandrake, precious bodily fluids. I have suggested that the amount of content online in support of both positions, salt is good, salt is bad, is plentiful, and that understates the case. Headlines are written to attract clicks. Salt not as damaging to health as previously thought, says study. Or flawed science on sodium from JAMA. To signs you are eating too much salt. To how to know how much salt is in food. You can be overwhelmed with well-written or not, articles from concerned egghead scientists, all certain, it seems, that five grams of salt will save you or slay you. In all the literature about taking in too much sodium, nearly no mainstream content exists about eliminating it or how the kidneys function to manage it. In the article, Plasma and urinary norepinephrine values at extremes of sodium intake in normal man. Friedrich C. Luft et al. write, quote, The autonomic nervous system plays a major role in the regulation of arterial blood pressure. Short-term autonomic control of blood pressure is vested primarily in baroreceptor reflexes, chemoreceptors within the walls of great vessels and receptors within 
the vasomotor center. In addition, in addition, a number of studies suggest that the autonomic nervous system influences long-term arterial blood pressure regulation at least in part by modulating the excretion of salt and water by the kidney, end quote. I did say it was that again. So, we pee out excess sodium. By now, some of you are getting pretty agitated. Eat my plate plan, you say, and listen to the science about salt. Well, it's almost like we're watching that movie. How did it come to be, then, that the actual science about salt has been shouted down and out of publication in favor of the very loud and demanding personalities who insist their findings are correct? Similar to how Ansel Keys' work was pushed forward, so too the faulty studies in salt were pushed forward, setting the stage for ill health for years and years. Dr. James is not without competition. The book Salt Wars seems the antithesis to his book. That book's subtitle reads, quote, The Battle Over the Biggest Killer in the American Diet. End quote, which is engaging, but seems to overlook that other white crystal, sugar. And that's another episode. On one level, that's the same problem the articles present. Authors battling it out in books, not paid publications. The challenge of knowing who is right remains. To say, use common sense, is almost silly in the face of jargon and stats and figures no one but the most informed can debate. And we seem to have a predisposition to trust the quote-unquote experts even when what they say changes from day to day. Reason and common sense, daring to question the cathedral of established opinion, gets you nowhere. So. What is a person to do? If we go back to trust the experts, salt raises blood pressure, and that can lead to strokes and heart attacks. Except not in some 14 countries around the world, including Canada, Japan, France, Switzerland, and South Korea, to name five. The people in those countries eat as much or more salt as Americans, yet have lower incidence of coronary heart disease. All things being equal, are those humans somehow different from other humans? Probably not by very much, so what else is not the same? There is a book to be made of what's not the same, but the point to be made here is a one-size-fits-all approach, think the Dietary Guidelines for Americans, is just not possibly effective for every single person. Just like not everyone who eats sugar has the same response, some of you appear thin as a rail even though you live in a diet of peanut M&Ms, not everyone responds to sodium the same way. Not everyone who has high blood pressure responds to sodium in the same way. To make a blanket statement about one ingredient and present it as fact for 
everyone on the planet is beguilingly idiotic and obviously impossible. One of the best ways to know what is going on in your body is to listen to your body. Listen to your cravings. Those can be a bit confusing since we may have conditioned one response, sugar, for the craving for salt. I know because I've done it. I used to do it and I battle with it. I put in effort. In some days, it is considerable effort to avoid that sweet, crunchy treat I think I want and instead go for that salty, fat snack instead. I have eliminated a great deal of sugar in various forms from my daily diet and I've lost nearly 20 pounds in the process. Well, that's great. 20 pounds of what? I'm going to guess fat and water. My pants hang on me, which looks kind of weird, but it is oddly satisfying. Dr. James makes a good case in his book for the salt-sugar-insulin resistance connection, and I can't summarize it better than he did. It's worth the read. I eat salt, and when I feel a sugar urge, I replace it with a salty food. Cheese or ham, which does have some sugar, or peanut butter with some salt. And given a preference, I would get the peanut butter from the store in that handy little peanut butter grinder they have, which is only peanuts and salt. No added sugar. Let's go back to the idea of listening to your body. It isn't so hard, and it's not a crazy idea. You already do that when your body tells you you are thirsty or hungry. Demanding salt does seem an odd thing to say out loud, but your body knows what it needs more than a desk jockey in some basement pushing reports knows what you need. The biggest challenge may lie in what comes with that salt. Grabbing a bag of processed food like potato chips or Doritos or cheese balls may scratch the salt itch but the extra garbage that comes with it does nothing to help your body. Grab some real cheese, not those singles wrapped in plastic cellophane. Experiment with varieties of cheese. There are some absolutely amazing cheeses in the world, and not one of them comes wrapped in cellophane sheets. Buy some better-than-cold-cut-aisle salami or pepperoni or ham slices. Eat good olives. Make your own dip for crudities. Yes, you can buy dips with salt, but the added sugar and ingredients you can't grow, pick, or pronounce will not help you. I found that the better quality products require smaller portions for the satiation wanted. Store-brand cheddar cheese just doesn't scratch the itch, as well as a good brie or a gouda, howda, if you are from Holland. Same thing goes with charcuterie products, but even here, that age-old watchword of moderation matters. Moderation matters to insult. The good news is most healthy people won't ever overeat on salt. Dr. James notes that the range of salt between one and a third to two and two thirds teaspoons per day is the optimal range. 
Some people aren't healthy. And people with hypoaldosteronism, I think that's how you say it, Cushing disease or Little syndrome should be concerned about how much salt is consumed. Caffeine fiends, both coffee and you energy drink fans, may suffer salt depletion issues since caffeine flushes salt out through peeing. Let's take a moment out for a word from Jake about his Tasting Anarchy podcast. Hey everyone, Jake here, host of the Tasting Anarchy podcast. Join my co-host Mason and I each week as we explore the world of wine and alcohol through a liberty lens. You can find us on all your major podcatchers, tastinganarchy.com or Tasting Anarchy on Twitter. Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Find out how much government is in your drink. Between exercise or sweating, caffeine drinks, added ingredients, particularly sugar, in our diets and each person's own biological needs, salt needs are very different from person to person. If you feel you need to know, get a sodium level check done. Get blood work done anyway is probably a really good idea. I wrote a blog post last year or so, about salt, and I identify some sources for salt. Now, that's not going to the ocean, that's buying from a company. Of course, don't bother with those white uniform crystals of sanitized sodium chloride. Get a good salt. Get a few. I'll put the link to that blog post on the show notes page, culinarylibertarian.com slash 139. The important point, and important point, to take away from this is eat salt to thrive, don't omit salt to survive. Excluding causes more problems than it fixes in the broad strokes. Do a little Google or start page search for salt. Salt content, how much is enough, how much is too little. See what you can find. And I what I think you're going to find, what I found, is far more information than you know what to do with. It's not possible to sort through it all. I think Dr. James' book makes a pretty decent case for why salt is important. And I think you will know when you've had enough. I will say, you've had enough. All right, folks, that's going to do it. As I said, I'll put the blog post link on the show notes page, and I'll add the link to Dr. James' book's book, The Salt Fix, on the show notes page as well. You can find some of the salts I use at Savory Salt. Use my affiliate link, culinarylibertarian.com slash savoryspice, to shop a nice selection of a variety of sea salts. And some of them are still a little damp from whatever particular seed they came from. Please share this episode around on your social media and like it when you see it. Also, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcatcher. Those engagements help grow the show the best way through word of mouth and organic traffic. If you like the show and have some ideas for other episodes, drop me an email at podcast at culinarylibertarian.com and I would also appreciate your support in the form of fiat currency, 
crypto may be coming soon, linked to the show notes page as well. Have a great week, and I'll see you soon. Music for the Culinary Libertarian Podcast is provided by Matthew Bankert at mattbankert.com.